This is Melissa Golden, and you're listening to Freedom in Numbers, and this is The Morning Mouthful. Good Friday morning, July 10th, 2020. Welcome to another edition of What the Fed? Where I share a weird, obscure, just downright wasteful government program or agency. Today's topic is fun because it truly fits in all three categories. But first, I'd like to give you some context about the United States' seemingly endless war on big tobacco and the big tobacco companies. So the Fed started a smoking cessation program, specifically in 2012, titled TIPS. We've all seen the commercial, the TV commercials, and even some on, on Facebook and stuff of the ex-smoker with the voice thingamajig and the hole in their throat telling us that smoking will ruin our lives. Some of them are brutal. Some of them are gruesome. Um, but, but I think we're all familiar with them. The first year of this program in 2012 cost taxpayers $54 million. And this program ran from 2012 until about 2018. I think they have, they're still doing tobacco programs, but they've kind of changed. It's not necessarily the tips anymore. Um, Now, the CDC claimed that during the time that it was done, because it was done by the CDC, the tips was very cost effective. The economic analysis of the tips campaign showed that for every $2,000 spent on ads, they prevented a death. That is $2,000 per person that quit smoking. And that's how they're saying they prevented a death. You postponed a death, maybe, maybe. But 2000 bucks ahead for everybody who quit smoking. And they said that the whole purpose was to save society money. Uh, like I said, they, they've continued to do some programs. They released a, a report on April 29th, actually of this year, 2020, called the Budgetary Impact from Multiple Perspectives of Sustained Anti-Tobacco National Media Campaigns to Reduce the Harms of Cigarette Smoking. Now, the summary of this report says that national anti-tobacco media campaigns like the CDC's tips from former smokers could save society over $10 billion in healthcare costs over the course of 10 years. And, and they base this off of models that they put together based on Medicare, Medicaid, um, single-payer system, and like private insurance systems. And, and by all accounts, over the course of 10 years, could save society $10 billion. Now, of course, if you'd like to read the report, it'll cost you 31 bucks to actually get a digital copy of it. So I wasn't able to read it. But I do know that in 2019, just last year, the National Tobacco Control Program spent $66 million on the National Tobacco Control Program and the quitline funding combined. So massive, massive amounts of money being spent on tobacco, anti-tobacco marketing every single year by the federal government on top of the private organizations that market for or rather against big tobacco 
Um, I think we all grew up watching their commercials. Now, the program that I'm sharing with you today only cost a mere $10 million for the entire time that it existed from 2012 to 2018. But that's part of what makes it kind of obscure. As government programs go, it was not very costly. Um, The federal government, specifically the National Institutes of Health, was actually paying hipsters to quit smoking in San Diego, San Francisco, and Burlington, Vermont. And there were a few more chapters of this this little fringe organization added over the years, including St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, all the original three cities were selected because they had a large number of smokers within their hipster population. And, oh, I just love the use of hipster. Uh, For example, nearly 60% of San Diego's, I don't know if it was identified or self-identified hipsters or smokers at the time. I don't know how you get classified by the government as a hipster, but... Apparently, 60% of San Diego's hipsters were smokers. And they polled the public, actually, to figure out what the wardrobe look was that best screamed hipster and then selected their target hipsters through Instagram. So they actually had researchers meeting with people and showing them a bunch of photographs of people and saying, now, who looks like, who's, who looks like the biggest hipster to you? And then they were taking that description to Instagram in those cities and kind of preying on the the best hipsters in all of those cities. Now, interestingly enough, at the same time in 2012, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, yes, the same FDA that was like just recently doing nicotine experiments on chimpanzees, Uh, They actually wanted to require tobacco companies to add graphic warning labels to cigarette packages by September of 2012. The labels, which would have included pictures of diseased lungs and rotting teeth, were meant to inform the public of the dangers of smoking, like we weren't aware. Um, Now, they actually do have stuff like this in Mexico. I was down in Ciudad Obregón in the state of Sonora in I think 2015, and the Marlboros and all the different cigarettes, specifically I looked at a Marlboro pack, uh, it had a black and white picture on the front of the lid, and it was a photo of a baby with the umbilical cord still attached, and the baby looked like all shriveled up, and it was laying in a bed of cigarette butts. Yeah, it was absolutely as disturbing as it sounds. I mean, it was it was nasty, and they had all kinds of different... That wasn't the only one. They had all kinds of different little disturbing images to make you think about smoking. Uh, but it actually gets weirder. So the face of this government initiative paying hipsters to stop smoking was an organization called Commune. Now, you can still check out the website at jointhecommune.com, and their Instagram is even still up. Although nobody's posted anything since December of 2018, presumably when the program was shut down. Their entire website kind of reads like Steve Buscemi's 30 Rock skit. How do you do, fellow kids? I, I, the, the language in it's phenomenal. So their, their tagline and their, their claim to fame is that Commune is a movement of artists, 
designers, musicians, and people that take a stand against tobacco corporations and their presence in the art and music scene. The first paragraph in there about us is really the most priceless uh, priceless piece on the whole website. We have rejected big corporations for a long time. Like big music that hinders creative freedom and big fashion that runs sweatshops. Because, you know, hipsters don't like mainstream music and they wear goodwill clothes. So obviously they're against big music and big fashion. They go on to say, our stand against big tobacco is even more important since the industry contributes to things like world hunger, deforestation, and animal cruelty. Because, you know, wouldn't you know it, millennials don't respond at all to old school ads that inform us that smoking will kill us. Who knew? You know, of everything I've ever heard of millennials, they're a super, super enthused to be a live group of people and would hate to do anything to... uh to detriment that in any way. Now, in their closing remarks on their About Us, they say, by celebrating local and educating people about the things Big Tobacco does or contributes to, we hope to shift the creative scene image from one that smokes to one that focuses more on creativity, music, and art. Much like the D.A.R.E. programs of our childhood, everybody knows that you can't have vices and do absolutely anything else. Especially, you can't be creative, make music or art, and smoke cigarettes at the same time. This is the, the message they were shooting for. Now, what Commune was really designed for was using the United States people as walking billboards for what the government thinks that you should do. Uh, Jeff Jordan of the Rescue Social Change Group, who was involved in the San Diego movement, said, we're doing this to see if it works. And then do it to the whole country to convince hipsters in Williamsburg, New York, and in Austin, Texas, and in all these other hipster capitals to stop smoking, Jordan said. So on the one hand, you can look at it as being manipulated. Well, yeah. Or you can look at it as... We are the first group who is going to see if this works. And if it does, we're going to help hipsters in a whole country and maybe beyond. Uh, now, 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 participants of the program could make up to 100 bucks over the course of eight weeks for progress in either cutting back or quitting. From what I read, you didn't even actually have to ever quit to get the full $100. You just had to say that you were cutting back. And the perks continued with community art exhibits, live bands and entertainment, food, drinks, and the world's number one marketing tool, swag, in the form of koozies and party hats and pens and everything they could slap the commune logo on. Now, the artists who supplied the art for the art exhibits, the bands, the entertainment, they also hired local artists to do all of their marketing uh, these artists typically earned between $150 to $400 each time they designed a flyer, played a show, or otherwise contributed creative, cre- creatively to Commune or its free parties. And every last cent of it was paid for with the American tax dollar. Every last penny. 
When informed that everything was paid for with taxpayer money, most of them, the participants, said that they didn't care as long as the movement continued throwing free parties and infusing money into the scene. You know, just handing everybody money. And if it helps people quit smoking, they said, eh, that's cool too. We love a free party. Free booze. You never turn it down. I don't know. This whole thing just cracks me up. All of their marketing material is just so hipster. I mean, it's just the most incredibly over-engineered works of graphic design you've ever seen in your life. And and the whole website and their whole program it reminds me of the skits where they say something like, I made a robot watch a thousand hours of Batman and then told the robot to write one episode. Like, it was just everything that you could possibly imagine hipster in one just combined into one thing Uh, obviously the government is not very good at like blending in in these kinds of situations now today we call these people influencers 2012 hipsters 2020 influencers but to hear and read the word hipster used so many times by a government program is just I'm just trying to picture a 2012 hipster, like with the red flannel shirt, the beards, khaki skinny jeans, floppy beanies. There was a lot of like smoke scented things and beard oils. Yeah, I don't care who you are. This is hilarious. Uh, But it's also somewhat sinister just due to the implications of the other applicable uses for such a marketing scheme. Um, To reflect back on Jeff Jordan's words, we're doing this to see if it works, and then we'll do it to the whole country. He even goes so far as to call commune an intervention rather than an anti-tobacco rally. So now the government is like openly doing interventions on its people. And it's got to make you skeptical, though. Imagine if this were like more prevalent if this were a thing and you had like door greeters at mcdonald's telling you that you're killing yourself with grease and fat and costing society money i mean the whole concept is just weird and like a massive invasion of privacy to be targeted in person by a government marketing scheme to influence you into what they feel are better decisions i don't know how far do you think such a concept could go. Anyway, I'm Melissa Golden. That's that's your your what the Fed for the week. Thanks for joining me. Uh, join my dad Steve and I for a full episode of Freedom in Numbers this weekend. Have a good one. Hey, freedom loving listeners! Thank you for being a part of this morning's mouthful. If you need a little more freedom in your day, feel free to check out our weekend edition of Freedom in Numbers. We'll see you tomorrow.